What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Today, I sit down with David Mauerman. He is the owner of Revive Pressure Washing, and this pressure washing company is no joke. He's got the system down. Uh, at one point, he's hitting around 120000 a month in pressure washing, um, and it's just a great conversation with somebody that figured out the system. Uh, we definitely have a uh, like-minded approach to hiring to team building, uh, to processes, to standards. And David also does some coaching as well uh, for pressure washing contractors. So this was a great episode of uh, two guys who have a love for uh, our industry coming together and just sharing what we know uh, works. So tune in. You're going to love this episode. And thank you for uh, checking in and listening to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. I'm here with David Mowerman. Um, he's here and his company's Revive Pressure Washing. You got it. And yep. Where are you out of California? I'm up in Canada, actually. So I talk a little funny, ah, but Vancouver, Canada. Canada guy, man. Dude, I mean, you guys do very good business up there. You guys are hungry, motivated. I think you guys are like, you have American mentality, but not as aggressive, but you guys are a little more polished. Would you agree with that? You know, I don't want to pump our tires, but there we're we're <laughs> hard workers, but Canadians just tend to be more more polite. You know, we you guys just call it like you see it. We're a little more like let's run that through the filter before it comes out of our yeah. mouth. So sometimes yeah. we don't say exactly what we want to say, but it is good for business. Gotcha. And you're also a home service business coach. I saw that you actually on Facebook you put out revenues for your pressure washing business so it's public so i feel i'm allowed to ask this what's the monthly revenue we do we peak months around 100 110,000 when we're really going like that's like a june july revenue but i tell everyone 70,000 is pretty standard for us per pretty month pretty standard gotcha we, so we run 10 months of the year and uh, is it we know where you are in canada probably right you bet. Yeah. I mean, wow. we have the most mild climate tanner for all of Canada on the West coast, but we'll get snow for Jan and February it would be pretty normal to have a little bit of snow on the ground. So how does a pressure washing company navigate that? We, we don't, we run the guys cleaning about eight and a half months a year. Then we put up Christmas lights for about there two and go. a half to That's three right. months. I saw that and on LinkedIn. Yep. And then everyone chills out for six weeks, uh, January 15 to March 1st. How do you charge for Christmas lights? I mean, what are people like people really pay good money to hang their Christmas lights? And we we say it's like premium holiday lighting. Uh, we we um, don't even you guys sell do it. a heck of a job, dude. I saw a picture. You guys yep. use these big bulbs, bro. I mean, I can yep. see the like, I mean, it's different than what I hung up this year. I mean, mine looks like honest, you know, you only do like one side, you know, and halfway down, you don't have enough lights. And I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna buy a new one. You can't see it from the road. You guys go all out, right? Man, where where I am, Tanner, houses are are a million to three million dollars. Wow. And, and for people to 
write us a check for $800 to put their Christmas lights up. That yeah, is so like, cool. that's normal for our avatar. Again, it's not for everybody, but we do a rental model and we store their lights and all they got to yeah. do is, is pass us their credit card and, and swipe it through. Boom. That is awesome. So you've kind of created that little system to offset the employees. How many guys? We are like seven to eight right now. And then we onboard another three in a week or two. So we'll, um, we'll be, we'll be a family of, you know, 12 to 15 this year when, when we're peaked, but I keep about seven guys on for the whole year. Commercial or residential? What's, what's the sweat? 80, 20, baby. Residential's my, uh, it's how wow. I was born and raised in student painting. And I feel like it's my roots. So I, I love yeah. residential. You love the, you love the customer interaction. What's your role in the business? What do you do? I'm in this kind of <clears throat> GM CEO role where I've got, you know, someone to estimate. I've got someone running our production team and someone in the office. So I'm really coaching those three people. The hat I'll probably never take off is the HR manager. I absolutely love meeting people and running interviews and finding top talent for my team. It, it, oh, let's talk about that. What's your yeah. strategy for hiring? Normally I'm the one that tells everyone my strategy and I was actually just in a club. Are you on clubhouse yet? No, I need to get on that. I have an, or do you have an iPhone? I do. Yep. I got an invite for you, man. So Done. you're going to get it. on there. So every morning at nine 30 right now, and I know this might be played in the future, but hopefully I'm still doing it. We do like an hour session. We have like 20, actually got up to 20 people today for the first time. And the big conversation was hiring. So, and I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, everyone has an issue with hiring. Even, you know, even when you think you have it figured out, it's still something worth talking about. If a different strategy, I had somebody tell me that they're doing uh, disc assessments, you know, even in a home service business. I, I mean, he's, he's a $5 million company. He may not have the ability to sit down and really emotionally connect with somebody. So they use this disc assessment as a guide. You're big into HR. Why don't you tell us your strategy for hiring? Yeah, man, I'm first to say I don't have it all figured out. I, I do think the people who are more competent in the hiring department will have the better home service business. Like fundamentally, that's what we're doing, right? We're sent, I, I call it you're marrying a match. You're getting your homeowner, your client to marry your crew effectively, and you want to be standing back, making sure that goes well. So it, you know, if you could give me one quality hire right now versus 50 jobs, I would take the quality hire because I know like the value of that person to my business. So there's a few, few things, uh, Tanner, I find a lot of people don't automatically do is like, you gotta move people off the platform to some type of an online application form. You can use, you know, Google forms, you can use jot. We like jot form. Um, you know, I was even on a call yesterday with a company called Jazz HR. It's like this, like pretty cool master, you know, cockpit dashboard, all the dials for how to do your hiring. Um, so you gotta, you gotta move away from just people. I think here's my resume. Here's my cover letter. They, they throw their name in the bucket. You gotta have them camp on your application form at least seven to 10 minutes. I'd say that that's like a step one. Yeah. So it's like a filtering out process. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'd say 80% of the people I talk to are like, wow, we don't, we don't do that. Um, the yeah. people who have kind of more, they're hiring a little more figured out. It's like, okay, I'm doing that. What else can I do? Are you always um, hiring? Do you always have ads out? Always, man. Like we will spend $5,000 this year on our recruiting budget. Just every week, Craigslist goes up Tuesday morning. Indeed, we're like $10 a day. Just run nice. that ad. Nice. Nice. 
we got a little confident. I think a month ago we hired some really good candidates and, and we actually turned it off for a few weeks and then we got a bit caught. Now it's back on. So it's just like, you know, my friend says that ABC always be crooting, you know, it's like that. I say, a, I said ABH this morning, always be hiring. Love that. It, it's yeah. uh, I think as our economy moves forward, man, our well, generation you guys have a great opportunity because there's a lot of people that are good workers right now that, that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to touch. Yep. And now, you know, hundred percent that I've been doing this 12 years. This is one of the best years for hiring. I'm getting people from, um, hotel, <clears throat> excuse me, hotels. Um, I'm getting people from coffee shops. Just we, we want people with a heart of service kind of the Chick-fil-A attitude and we will train them on the pressure washing, the window washing yeah. skills. So um, that that's who we're after. So it's, it's been, it's been good so far, but I think any business owner will tell you it's going to always be a stressor. You know, people yeah. are, people are not robots. Even yesterday we had one of our crew leads call in. He had a, an emergency appointment come up this and that we had to slide everybody, you know, bump and slide. It's just like, you're always, moving people uh, around yeah. that's that's the game. not only do you have to be a master hiring uh you know hr manager you have to know personality to be able to put certain people with certain people and then you got to be able to manage the schedule in the event that something comes up and have a little bit of empathy and not you know go crazy on an individual knowing that people aren't robots knowing that um good quality people have things come up in their life that you would expect a good quality person to take care of rather than just say yeah forget it my wife can struggle by yeah. herself right yeah, hundred percent. That's what it's about. Hundred wow. percent, man. And and I think that gets at another route is like, you know, looking in the mirror. Like, would you actually want to work for you? And for me, a couple years ago, is like, why does no one want to come and join my my business? It's because I actually didn't even have a vision written out. I had no idea where Revive was heading. It was like Dave and his truck, one crew. How do I get more crews? It was like I didn't actually spend the half day and punch out a vision for three years where this thing is going. And the day I did that, I called a team meeting with our few guys at the time. And I had two guys eyes kind of light up like, okay, I can see where this thing's going. And, and today they're my two managers running the company, you know, almost two years later. So just hitting pause and making a vision is automatically going to start bringing people on, on board on the bus here. Yeah, no, that's, I, I love that, man. It's just the mentality because that's the foundation, right? Of any good business is the good people. And that's what I tell people we're selling. Like, yeah, you're selling pressure washing services, but that's what you're supposed to do. If I, you know, I mean, if I go to the grocery store, I'm supposed to get food. But if I have a cashier that looks me in the eye and asks me how my day's going or the bagger, you know, asks me if they want, if I want help to my car, you know, I'm probably going to shop there more often than the place that, uh, you know, they, they don't look me in the eye and they make me feel uncomfortable, yep. you know? So it's like, we have to build businesses based off the people. I love it. We, we know that everyone's striving to achieve that. So we know that your hiring system works. That form is crucial. I do that as well. Um, you know, get them in there, identify some KPIs. Let's say someone fills out the form. What's the next step, man? What do you have them do? Yeah, we're, we got our app or our notifications turned on on JotForm on the app. So it's my job and, and Steve's job, my manager, that as soon as we see that come in, we're like jumping on that application form. So if we like it, we're grabbing that number and texting them right away. Again, there's <clears throat> software you can use to do this. For us, we're small enough. We just do it manually still. We text them 
Hey, Josh, uh, it's Dave with Revive Washing. Thanks for your interest in our position. Would you have 10 minutes to hop on a call with us? Um, whenever that is, we find right. text is best rather than like email. Voicemail. Oh, like I hate getting voicemails, man. Nah, Just text nah. them. The, the, it's hot right now. Jump on it. And then we try, if that call goes good, it's just a basic intro call. Hey, Josh, how's it going? You know, what are some things that you're looking for that repel you when that phone call happens? Yeah. I mean, man, even just, you know, slow response time on the text, um, as simple (laughs) as just not even capitalizing letters. Yeah. Like, where's your phone, bro? Yep. Exactly. Like we, we are all about communication, man. Like during business hours, you got to be able to get a hold of people. So just, the very fact of like communication back, good grammar, good punctuation, they sound friendly. Um, but yeah, the, that'd be initial on the text on the phone call is just like, are they well mannered? I'll always ask, you know, why did you leave your most recent position? I had one this week, the guy said the last two jobs, he got let go on the 90 day probation mark. And, and I said, Oh, oh why? Oh, poor performance. Okay, well, thank you for your time. We're probably not going to be proceeding to the next stage type of thing. So you're just looking for like red flags. We do two people on every interview. So it's like, not only is it my time, but a manager's time. We want to make sure we're, if we're setting up three, we want to be like, they want them to be decent. So let me ask you this question. Have you done a a quick social media check? All the time, man. (laughs) My Facebook Facebook stays open, man. Most of the day, just because I'm dragging and dropping people in my, my wife, I joke is like, she's a little stalker online. So she'll find anybody. And Hey, if it's public information, you have every right to, to look into it, right? Yep. hundred, hundred percent. Have you ever, have you ever not hired somebody because of what you saw on Facebook? Not discriminatory. Won't say that just their content. Yeah. Just, yeah and I've still called them, but in the back of my head, it's just like, okay, I'm kind of seeing what, what they're about. What they're what, about, right. Uh, I even go, man, I like looking in sometimes their Google profiles too. You can actually find if they wrote Google reviews for, uh, uh, you know, the last, wow, that's deep. yeah, the last five they've written have been one stars to the pizza place in town and they're just a negative person. So, um, wow. you can do that, but usually, <laughs> usually texts don't have LinkedIn, but for like office positions, sales positions. We found people on LinkedIn too that were just like, ah, they just don't look like a great fit. It's your, it's your public persona to the world. And if you're representing yourself poorly, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And the customer sees that, right? I mean, God forbid a homeowner sees that who are they working for? And then, you know, so that's, it's crucial. I think you should, I use it all the time. I look them up on Facebook you know, if you got two middle fingers in the profile picture, you're not getting, you're not getting a shot. I I mean, you know, that's the reality of the situation. So um, major filter out process. All right. So they go through the phone interview, they go through the social media check, maybe a soft Google, Google check. What's the next step? Yeah. Then we get them on a zoom call, man. We interview on zoom every Monday morning. We do our team meeting at 8am. So that's a round table with all our guys on zoom. Everyone comes on for a 40 minute meeting. Then we have an hour huddle with me and my two managers in the office. And then 10 a.m., the interviews start. We go 10, 11, and noon. It's in our schedule. Like this last Monday, we didn't, we didn't have anybody book in, but that's just how it is. Next week so far, we've got one. So Love it. those are just set in the schedule. If we don't fill them, fine, but we know it's coming up on Monday. Let's try fill those Zoom spots. So we get them on a 
on a 40 minute <clears throat> zoom interview with myself and, and Steve. Don't you love zoom interviews? Dude, they're the best. I, um, it's one, <laughs> one positive that the only thing you can't do is smell them. Yeah, totally. Or see how like tall they are. We hired- bro, hold on. I gotta, I gotta chime in here. I did a zoom interview with this guy the other day and, um, bro, I mean, he passed all the channels, got right to where we are, man. Cause we do the same thing, you know, the same channels. Right. And I love this conversation. Cause finally I, I get to bounce ideas off of somebody that does something exactly the same as I do. Um, Dude, we're having a good conversation, bro. First 30 seconds. I'm like, you know, I'm getting a read on him. Like, I'm like, all right, he's a little rough around the edges, but you could tell a guy's like a big teddy bear. Guy had a massive beard. Uh, but he passed all the channels, man. And um, out of nowhere, bro, he just sits down, lights up a cigarette, dude. <laughs> just starts, starts hacking on a cigarette. Yeah. Like me and him are just buddies. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, like, if a customer's having a conversation with this guy and he's feeling a little comfortable, is he yeah. going to do the same thing? Is he going to whip out a cigarette? And my motivation to hire this guy went from like 10 to one, yeah, just like that. And I don't think that he would have done that in an in-person interview. Um, yeah. But because he did it in the zoom interview, it just kind of showed me not a good fit, you know, just something like that. Yeah, man, that's that's a really funny story to, to illustrate it. We had another guy we hired who, like, obviously, we're working outside, you know, we're on ladders, and there's an element of being athletic. And it's hard to tell on Zoom, like, how tall someone is. So it comes into the office, he's super, super short guy. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to be training him in the next week, we'll see. But it's just like, you can't, I don't want to judge a book by its cover. But in person, you can usually see yeah. how well is their car kept you know, they're, they're dressed. You're right. How do they yeah. smell? How tall are they? Yeah. Like all these things are, you know, not cause they're better than someone, just they're probably more qualified for the position. So once you make it through that stage, yep. what's next for your company? We, we do a one week working interview after that. So we say, rather than sign all our paperwork, you're on full time, you're going to actually come with our, you're going to join a crew for a week. And we put in with one of our senior crews and they jump in and they work for, usually we know within two, three days how they're going to be. Um, so they jump in with the crew for a week tryout and uh, we, we, we see how they do. Um, you know, there, there's a, that's what we'll typically do when we're hiring like one at a time. But like in two weeks, we bring on three new technicians. So they're actually going to go with my production manager into training uh, an actual training program. So it kind of depends okay. if we're doing. Gotcha a one-off hire or more of a group. Do you pay hire. the full, do you pay the full yep. request on that yep. week for them? Whatever yep. they, whatever their hourly wages to train at, we'll pay that. So and once that week is up, what does that look like for them? Then they're coming back to the office. They're signing all their paperwork. Um, they're, they're joining on the team. Technically we have a 90 day probation period here in BC. You can let anyone go uh, for, for poor performance or just not a cultural fit. So we keep a close eye on that. Because uh, once they're in, you know, if you do want to let them go, it gets a little bit more sticky with with paperwork and you need documents and this and that. So we we naturally have like really low retention. Um, I've got techs with me who were <clears throat> still with me from day one, um, almost four years ago. So we you mean you have high retention or low retention? I, I think it's quite high. Like we oh. only only turnover. Low. I was like, wait a minute. Sorry, no, yeah. you have high, retention. <laughs> high retention. Yeah. Low turnover. That's what I'm saying. Low turnover. That's what um, I'm we, uh, we really only turned over students last year, which I'm, you know, really thankful for the team that we currently have. Wow. 
Yeah, it's awesome. So the process is solid and I use the same one. So we both get great results. You're, you do the employee model, which I love a little bit harder in the beginning, but greater in, in the end. Tell me about somebody made it through your process and they didn't work out. Why? What did you miss? Yeah, man, we had one gentleman last year. Um, first of all, like I think the business owner always needs to take ownership. And I think I'm seeing ownership in the fact it was more of a panic hire. It was June 15. Wow. We had a hundred grand booked on the schedule. It's like, let's get someone in, comes in the office, has uh, you know, two eyeballs and a pulse. It's like, okay, you're, you're, it's almost like the, that confirmation bias. We've right? all you're, been there, bro. All of us have yeah, been Yeah, man. You're, you're just seeing this guy thinking he's, you want it. He's telling you what you want to hear. Giving like, you his best self. Yep. Yep. And it's like, man, boom, you're in the field. Um, and then we ran into behavioral issues with showing up and some personal problems. And, you know, if we followed that methodical process more, um, we probably would have known quicker, I think. And, and we're exploring what you said, like disk test or predictive index. Like, I think you can do a lot of uh, psychological work on somebody prior to them jumping into your company. Um, that that we're worth, I think it's worth it. I, I, I was just sent a PI test today and I'm going to do it for myself and see if I believe that it's accurate. Mm -hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what that process looks like and see if it's something we can implement in our business. There's nothing wrong with invest. I think the biggest investment you make, you said five grand, like that's to somebody thinking, man, $5,000 to recruit people. Yeah. Well, I mean, what price tag can you put on peace of mind as a business owner? You and I are sitting here having a conversation. You don't look stressed. You're not, you're, you're not on, you're not like saying, excuse me, I need to answer the phone or, mm -hmm. um, you're not, you're not like, you know, stressed out. And this is morning for you. It's eight 30 in the morning on a, uh, I don't even, today's Wednesday. Yep. So it's yeah. like the reason you're able to just be here and relaxed and calm and have an enjoy owning a business is because of the time that you put into this process. Yes. A thousand percent, man. And that's something people get wrong, right? Like, don't look at Tanner and myself, like we got it all figured out. But I think we have done this long enough to know a simple system that works for a small service business. So, yeah. you know, take, take cues from us. Like you, I always say it's, it's not just the beer and barbecue test. You know, who do you want to have a beer? And, uh, you know, a I don't have beers at barbecues in my guys <laughs> ever. No, yeah. I'm just saying like, that's something that I learned early on in not just owning a business, yep. but as a manager, I used to be the general manager of a restaurant at, at 20 years old in a college town, bro. Okay. Yeah. I'm a 20 year old manager, man in a college town at a, at a fine dining restaurant and a nightclub. Yeah. Okay. And I had to make that decision in my head of what type of manager I was going to be. The other managers in the sister restaurants, they lost all credibility and you knew it too, based off of what people said, how they spoke about them. Yeah. You know, at the end of the night, they're taking shots with the girls and, yeah. um, you know, they're going home and, and partying and all that stuff. Me, the young kid, 20, there was none of that. And guess what? I commanded respect. Mm -hmm. I took cell phones away from 25, 27 year old girls who were texting behind the bar and didn't care, you know, cause ultimately I wasn't their friend. I didn't care. I was in there to progress and mature as a, as a manager, while these guys just saw it as an opportunity to, you know, mingle. Um, and, and I transition that same mentality into my business. Now I get invited to go do things with my guys. And there's a time and a place for that, a company party. Um, you know, we did paintballing, you know, we, we had company dinners and like all that stuff. That's great. And a company environment. But once you let down that guard, you're yeah. just know that you're losing credibility in any, in any fashion, you just know it's going to be that much harder to make a tough business decision with someone you're emotionally tied to. Yeah. You know? 
hundred percent, man. And once you do it with one guy, I had one of my guys invite me last year to go to a wrestling match. I'm like, I don't even like wrestling, man. But he's like, if you say yes to him, why aren't you going to the baseball game with the other crew lead? And why aren't right. you helping the other buddy move? move. move. So it's yeah. just like yeah. having that hard line company events, you can reach him by phone. But when you get too chummy, you do lose a little bit of that respect. Um, but what I was saying too, is like, you need, when it's hiring, you need to trust people with your house key. And if, if you, if you cannot think like, oh, I wouldn't trust this person with my house key, it's going to be a tough hire because that's the level of trust that our clients are giving us. We're going into their home. We're, we're working for them. They yeah. are, you know, the king, the queen we work that for. Serious. It really is. It's that, yeah. it's that serious. And you're selling people that you vetted that gives you permission to charge what you charge to command a hundred some thousand dollars a month in pressure washing shows yeah. that people trust you. They'd rather pay more for you. And that's what, you know, that's the, that's the beauty. Not only do you get the freedom, you get the ability to command such high numbers uh, because you're invaluable. You can't be compared. So and that's the benefit. That's what people need to know too, Tanner for us, man, if people get three quotes, they will be, you know, 400, 400 and revive will be like 700. Like it's like, it's such a gap for where our premium pricing is in the market. And so um, that's how this hiring model works. I think is when you have a premium price business model, you're going to get uh, better quality people because you can pay them better. Your numbers work. And then Tanner yeah. and I can have a conversation here. Both our crews can be working and we're making money. And that only starts because our pricing model is actually uh, not perfected, yeah. but I'd say yeah. it's on the road to profit on the road to profit. That's it, man. And I talk about, we briefly, before we jumped on here, we were talking about confidence and conviction. I love it because it's like, you know, when you first started your business, I saw that picture you posted of you yeah. like lugging a, you know, yeah. an old Honda 2000 PSI getting ready to wash somebody's, you know, house. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you probably got a six footer in the, in the truck, you know, yep. and, and you, 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 you grew your business from the bottom and um, when you first started, you know, you kind of had to fake it till you made it. And you, and you probably had to convey um, that you were going to do a good job. Like you had confidence in your own ability to do the job because you were betting on yourself. And you know that if you bet on yourself, it's a good bet. So you may even have a little bit of conviction. And my definition of conviction is embodying the service to the point that you know that no matter what, you're the best for the job. Now, although you may not have had the skill, you had the conviction in yourself to ensure they got a great experience. The transition that so many contractors and home service professionals are struggling to make is have that same level of confidence or even greater, that same level of conviction in placing that responsibility to fulfill the promises on their team, right? So yeah. when you go to a job, let's say you were doing an estimate, you know that you're not even going to be there, yeah. but you built a system and a structure that says to a customer, not only conviction convey confidence convey right convey isn't far from that tree that apple doesn't fall far from that root word there you're conveying this it's a it's a transfer of energy to an individual that makes them adopt the belief that you are saying what you mean when you convey that your team will deliver the result and that's confidence that they'll do that but the conviction is we're the best yep and, and that that's hard to deny in a sales interaction yes hundred percent, man. And so much of it is mindset, right? It's like the guys who are still in their painter whites who think there's no way I can leave this site. It's like, they've never actually proven to themselves that they actually could put someone in place and they didn't take 
the one day off and sit down and make a process for everything that happens. Like, why don't you have checklists for what you're doing every single day, week in, week out for 20 years, unless you just really enjoy painting. But I find most business owners I talk to, they're stuck on the truck because no one can do it as good as they can. So it gets back to that root of hiring, but also just lacking like basic, simple systems that aren't written down. Yeah. That's what, that's what it comes down to, man. And um, not only that, like, I think as a business owner, you got to try systems, get the result and then go back and do some people do something and it works and they don't document it or try it again. Wow. You know, you may have actually, and anyone listening to this, you may have actually taken someone through that process and got a good result, but then you didn't do it again yeah. and you didn't make it a standard in your business. So like a system becomes a standard. A system is a system is something that produces a consistent role result. It could be a poor system and produce a poor result, or it could be a great system that produces a great result. Okay. And usually you turn great systems into standards and standards really are a set of values that you don't sway from in your business. And you've done that, which is cool. Um, and we both have, so it's, it's and, just really exciting. And one, one more thing on that too. It's like you go into McDonald's today and you go get a hamburger for your lunch, right? right. Everybody is thinking, no one's asking where is the owner you know i want i need to yeah, talk to yeah, the owner yeah, yeah. if anything if anything their fries are cold i need to talk to the manager well we're running our own mcdonald's here with your painting company my pressure wash business like why should you expect that the the client should just get access to the owner like the owner needs to be like why is that a thing in home services it doesn't need to be that way mcdonald's runs with 15 year old kids and and an average branch does a million and a half it's like why can we not do that in home services? And it's like, let's start with the systems. You, you yeah, don't get the owner at McDonald's. No, you don't. And I, I say, I use Starbucks, um, but you never meet them and they're not making coffee. And the reason why is, is because they have a set of rules. I tell people this all the time. Like, think of your business as a franchise. You know, if you were, if, if you were to purchase my company, Premium Painting, there'd be 30 days where you got to fill this role, this role, this role, and this role. This is how much you pay them. This much, this much, this much, and this much. This is the type of jobs you would take. This job, this job. This is how you would market. You'd use this resource, this resource. This is the budget that you would assign. This, this, and like, that's it. Like you'd have this, this package, but for some reason, just because it's their business and they don't have the pressure, um, you know, we would ultimately get to a point where, you know, you know, it's one of those things where they kind of compromise on, on that structure. You got to create that structure. You got to say, okay, these are the roles that I need in my business. This is what I currently do. I think that's number one. Like you got to yep. say, this is what I'm doing. When you were lugging that pressure washer, yep. you were not only the pressure washing guy, you were the sales rep, you were the accounts payable. You were, you know, the estimator, you were the phone answering service. You were the marketer. Like, so my first suggestion is seriously sit down, spend 10 freaking minutes, write down everything you're responsible for, yep. right? Yep. Put them in buckets of sales, marketing, production, administrative. So you should have four buckets. Am I missing one? No, you got it. Okay. Four buckets. Now you separate that. Okay. And then ultimately what you do is you pull things out of those buckets and say, okay, this is what I want someone to be responsible for. Now you know what you're looking for. Usually it starts with production because out of all the buckets, production accumulates the most time. hundred percent. Yep. You know, um, and then once you do that, then you you hire somebody else to do production, somebody else, and then you hire a manager because your job would then be to manage production. It's like, that's the ecosystem of business. And you can't really do that until you know what you're responsible for in a business, whatever business you're in, and then what 
what roles need to be assigned to those responsibilities. Um, yep. So you kind of have a good infrastructure. It sounds like you got a guy who kind of runs the projects. Does he do estimates too? He, he'll do both. Yeah. We're bringing on a sales rep to help him, but uh, he, he's kind of my right-hand guy. I'm grooming to, uh, to be the GM in, in the next year. Or so we'll, we'll see it. what happens, but you're, you're right, man. With the, with the, uh, the buckets, we always say, I like to say there's $15 an hour tasks, $50 an hour tasks, and then 500. 15 is like cleaning or you got a brush in your hand, right? You can get someone around 15 an hour, depending on your state. 50 is like, I'm going, I'm doing quotes. Maybe I'm doing more high level things. I'm meeting customers, right. like more of an acquired skill. You got to be really good with people. 500 is like, I'm sitting here today in airplane yeah. mode, making a hiring form on jot form or yeah. I am running, uh, whatever I'm, I'm doing a key training of a key person, or I'm coaching a manager, or I'm, yeah. I'm going, I'm literally going to a $2 million shop for, for two hours. Cause I want to meet the oh. owner and see what they're doing. Like those are $500 an hour tasks. So it's like the e-myth, right? You got technician, manager, entrepreneur. Those are your like assigned hourly rates. And, and as a business owner, you're kind of in all three of them, but it's that, that art of delegating, like you yeah. said, as you grow. Dude, we, we have such similar ideals. I use a, you know, analogy. It's like, okay, you own a business. All right. And a lot of the one man guys out there, this is for you. You own a business. All right. And then you step inside of a role as a painter that you could find somebody at $25 an hour to do that role. Okay. And you can make profit. Now, yes, you can make wage and profit, but that's at the sacrifice of your time, which prohibits you from making profit elsewhere. Cause that means you're, you're a straight line profit there, you know? And when you make profit on multiple jobs, that's when, that's when it gets fun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's when, that's when the fun occurs. So awesome, man. I love the hiring. I wanted to kind of just pivot before we, we run out of time here. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of like you know, the, the system for you, because pressure washing, you can get kind of crazy. It's like, you know, there's like 40 different things that you could pressure wash. You could do driveways, you know, you could do houses, you could do roof washes, you could do soft washes, you could do window cleaning, you could do pressure wash cars if you want. I mean, you, yeah. there's so many things. Do yeah. you niche down or do you take everything? We, I think we're pretty niche, man. I started as a window washing business when I was tucking my washer there, like you said, um, coming up on five years in May, but we've pivoted to be like, a house detailing business. So we don't touch cars. Typically we're not doing much commercial. Like I said, it's a little bit of our business, no industrial cleaning, no boats, no RVs. We don't like this, like literally man, our list of no is massive. We don't work do for contract. Do you buy yearly service or yearly? Uh, we offer both. So depending, um, some people book in for house washing every year, like we'll get the gutters and the, and the window cleans on, on schedules where we're going once, twice a year. House washes usually every year, every second year kind of thing. Um, but then we, we add in, um, you know, we'll pressure wash driveways um, and then we'll do very, very selective with roof cleaning if it's a walkable asphalt roof. But you again, our, no, like we, our list of things we don't do is like, no garage wanna, floors. You've, you've broken tiles before, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, man. No, no tile roofs, no cedar shake roofs. We don't restore Mark. wood. We we never ever ever work for contractors. We don't do post construction clean. Like literally, our list of no is massive, so we can stay in our yeah. Name. 
you got to have a way bigger list of no than yes. Mm-hmm. And that not only makes it easy on your guys, easy on your systems, your customers see you as a specialist rather than a generalist. Mm-hmm. And you're able to really kind of just like, for here's, here's an example. Me, the guy who talks niche down, I got emotionally attached to a customer, man. The guy was awesome, you know, and he had this like old house, dude. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I don't know. You know, he's like, please, man. You know, I mean, I don't want to hire anyone else, man. You guys are awesome. And it, it, it wasn't restoring the house. So I'm like, fine. You know, it was just applying the paint. And that's something that we do, obviously, but not like we're not, we're not going to sand down the siding, yeah. restore it, you know, bondo it. We're not going to do all that. So essentially, um, really what, what it came down to was like, that made me have to leave the job because when my guys got to the job, there was kind of like chaos. They're like, well, what do you want us to do here? Like, you want us to do this and this? I'm like, no, no, you don't need to. He said he's, he doesn't want it done. He just wants paint applied. And like, just that little thing that I decided to take on, which I normally wouldn't have made me actually get up from this office, which I love to be in and actually have to go there and facilitate a job because it was out of our normal scope. And that was such a minor deviation. Some people take major deviations where they would actually take that restoration where they would actually sand down all that pain. And then you might have lead underneath it. And then you get guys that are worried about lead and like, like, dude, you know, um, just because you wanted to make the extra couple thousand, look what it did to your business. So niching down, man, such a, such a valuable topic, man. So you do some coaching, you're a pressure washing coach, home service, business coach.com, right? You got it. Yep. Nice. Good domain. So, um, if somebody were to hire you, what can they expect, man? Do you have like a wireframe or what is, would it, would it tell us a little bit about what you do? I know it's pressure washers only house yep. cleaning professionals. Yep. So tell me a little bit about what's up with that. Yeah, man. So again, same, same philosophy as my washing company. We are, uh, you know, we only want to work with select people in, in our niche. So I'll coach a few other businesses here and there informally, but really what I'm looking for is my specialties working with, with pressure wash owners who are really technicians. You know, they're, like we said, they're trapped in their own business. They want to grow. They want to systematize. They want to be like, Tanner and myself here sitting, having a chat while their crew or two is, is out working. So you come into my intensive boot camp. Uh, you get my personal support in my coaching program where we work with you week by week. So week one, we build out an org chart um, and we set your core values. Week two, we do a vision. Week three is finances. So you come through week by week. And, and the beauty of the program is it's not just a, you know, a domain log into your portal, but you actually get me you see my face on zoom every week to make sure you're actually getting the stuff done. Nice. So you get like the content, but you also get the accountability. Yeah. Of, of, it's awesome, dude. Yeah. I love, it. I love it, man. So if anyone's interested in uh, jumping in with David, the guy's a wealth of information, head over to homeservicebusinesscoach.com and Instagram is the same handle. So if you just want to chat with him, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh, I, I enjoy, and people, you know, always say like, you know, I don't, I don't think people say this, but maybe there's just a general thought that coaches can't combine and help one another. Everybody sometimes makes it seem like, you know, uh, they know everything or this person's going to steal. I don't care, dude. Just if you, if you, if you like what David said, hire him. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. You know, so I don't know everything, you know, do you feel that? I mean, do you feel that there's a little apprehension with coaches working together? Yeah, it's just mindset again, man. Like uh, we've got 10 big competitors with pressure washing. I do regular coffees with with seven of them, man. Yeah. They, they're my buddies. So it's like same with coaching, man. Us, other guys, like the, the pie guys is so incredibly big in what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. 
you, yeah, like I, I always say um, that what is that's that African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So this Ooh. book I'll leave you with. Africa's got the proverbs, bro. Yeah, man. Who not how? This is like look who to partner how? with who's. Um, who not how? He just he just held up a book. That's it. So the book is called Who Not How by uh, Dan Dan Sullivan. Twenty dollars. That will. Uh, that's a little boot camp in in uh, working with others and and really getting good at delegating. So that that book's helped me with my mindset a lot. Right on, man. So what's your last last little piece, man? What's your goal? What what the heck do you want to achieve here, man? You've been in this for twelve years. You know, yeah. when you wake up every day. What are you moving toward, man? You want to coach full time? You want to you want to own the biggest uh, pressure washing company in, in Canada? What, what's the goal, man? We we want to be like not necessarily the biggest washing company, but we want to be the most optimized. Um, and, and very well reviewed uh, as we are. So we, you know, I want to keep my washing business. I don't want to go in anywhere. I love the team I got, you know, I get to talk to work with them. So I want to keep that going, but you know, as it is, is it is systematized. I can work on now the things I like in that business uh, and build out my coaching business. So if you talk nice. to me in five, 10 years, I'd love to have revive running and growing um, we also sponsor water projects through that, uh, through that company. So I'm very passionate about that. And then I love coaching a handful of students at a time, you know, helping them grow their business. I've seen all the, the blessings and benefits a systematized business can, can give. And I want to help others, you know, do the same. I want to build a wolf pack with me. So that's, nice. that's what I'm about. Love it, man. Love it. My friend, it was a great chat today. I hope you got some value out of it just as much as I did. You know, we got to do this again. Yeah, we'll do it again, man. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for joining me. You bet. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals. It's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process. This software is next level. And I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo, and get your team involved, and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money, and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com, and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Job in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.